Welcome to the Carlina Show podcast. I'm your host, Carlina Angwin. Today is Sunday, July 29th, 2018, and this is episode seven of the podcast. Today on the show, we have Bridget Frank. Bridget is a podcaster, writer, and actor based in Toronto. She hosts and produces the Interviews with Exes podcast. In her first season, Bridget met up with all of her exes to interview them and find out where she went wrong in love. She recorded those conversations and turned them into an incredibly compelling podcast. I've learned a lot about myself from listening to her podcast, and I'm sure you will too. In today's discussion, we talk about intentional journeys, what it's like to be an empath in a relationship, setting boundaries, and embracing creative ideas. For Bridget's contact information, including a link to her podcast website and social media, visit the Carlina Show website at carlina.fireside.fm and click on Bridget's guest or episode page. You can help support The Carlina Show by rating and reviewing on iTunes or visit our new Patreon page and become a patron. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com and search The Carlina Show. If you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And one more thing, thank you Stephen Lorca for video editing, photography, and graphic design. Now I bring you Bridget Frank. So I guess we met in a yeah in the podcast support group a while a little while back, and um, uh, you had I, I forget I think we were there's like a thread about um, sharing promos on our podcast and 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 you had commented on one of my posts and said, you know, let's share promos. And I said, yes, that sounds great, but I don't, I don't even know what that is. So you'll have to like <laughs> explain to me. <laughs> so, cause I'm like a, a newbie at this. So, and then, um, and then I was curious. So I checked out your, your podcast. I think I, I, I didn't listen to the first one first. I went, I listened to like one of the, I was really, I just wanted to get right into the exes. The <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. And I can't remember which one it was, but, um, but in the very beginning, you said, so I'm new to this, and I recorded outside, so there's some bird noises and traffic noises, and I was like, yes, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's my, that's my Canadian counterpart right there. So anyway, um, and then I, yeah, once I yeah, learned a little bit more, listened to a little bit more of your podcast, I thought, that's a really interesting concept. And, and I thought, wow, Bridget's brave. She's a brave girl. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of came up with the idea and then was kind of like, I can't shy away from it now that I have this idea. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's that brave. It's kind of one of those situations where it's just like the situation is put in front of you and you can't back away from it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about your journey of doing this from the lens of, you know, Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. And, um, and so this is, I see this as um, an intentional um, journey. So, you know, some of the other people that I've interviewed, they were sort of thrown into it. So whether it was like a death or addiction or so something happened where they were thrown into it. Whereas I see this as, um, an, in, you know, an intentional journey, like you, um, and, and we'll, you know, I, I have a lot of questions for you, but, um, but you decided to do this, to put yourself into these, um, these situations and sometimes uncomfortable situations. Cause I could feel the, I could feel the nervous energy listening 
and, um, and learn about yourself. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was like, I think I have gone through some unintentional journeys before. And I mean, even throughout making this, I, I came upon some unintent, like, you know, when I started this podcast, I had no idea what I was going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. But I, so, I mean, you know, I think that's kind of ideal when you don't know what's going to come out of it, but I knew I had to do something because mm-hmm. I was, you know, finding myself, sorry, <sighs> I was finding myself um, just lost and confused and uh-huh. I just kind of felt like, uh, what do I have to lose? Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I, yeah, I have a lot of, a lot of questions for you. And, um, the first one, I guess, is just kind of let people know a little bit about the Bridget right now. Like what, where are you? What do you do? Um, just anything you want to share before we go way back into, you know, when you decided to, to do this podcast. Sure. So I live in Toronto. I, work on this podcast mainly. That's what I'm doing now. And I'm also in pre-production for two other podcasts. And I also am an actor, writer, and director. So I have my hands full with my own projects, which Mm -hmm. makes me happy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I didn't know about the two other podcasts. So maybe at the end you could, you know, if you feel like mentioning what they are. um, Sure. I think I'll probably leave it a, a secret for now. Like I, Everything is just kind of coming yeah. together. Hopefully uh-huh. it'll all yeah. happen. But uh-huh. yeah, it's, we're in the preliminary stages of making two other ones come together right now. Okay, so. cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay, very exciting. So, um, okay. So when, let's see, when was the first kind of inclination that you wanted to reach out to an ex and ask them um, questions? <laughs> well, I... I'm 33 when I started this thing uh, with a pile of failed relationships behind me. And I was, you know, I've always wanted a romantic, long-term, healthy relationship like most of us are hoping for. And I kind of looked behind me and just thought, where did I go wrong in all these different times that I've been in love? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they work out? I I have to be doing something wrong. And especially being 33 and a woman mm-hmm. and wanting to have kids, I started to like kind of do the clock backwards of when I should meet somebody and how long we would know each other before we got to have a mm-hmm. healthy child. And I realized time is kind of running out. And I don't know why at this point everything's gone wrong. I feel like I've been a nice person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. talking to my neighbor on my porch one night. I lived in a house where there was four apartments, and he lived on the third floor. And we just hung out a lot. He's single, and I'm single, and we always talked about relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying to him, you know, I wonder what my ex would say now that time has gone by, like if he would have any perspective now on that he could share with me because while we were breaking up or dating, like I had no idea where we were going wrong. He couldn't talk to me anymore. So I'm wondering if he would maybe be able to give me some insight now as to like what was happening in his head. Mm -hmm. And my neighbor said, I'm, I bet he's just going to be the same guy that 
you remember from before. He's still going to be stubborn. He's not going to give you any answers. And I said, I think he'd be like, I'm so sorry. It was, <laughs> it was all me. So I, uh-huh. we changed the conversation and just kind of went to bed. But then it was kind of stuck in my head for the next few days. Like the idea of it wasn't going away. Like, I wonder if he would actually be able to give me some insight now that the relationship is over. Uh-huh. So then two days later, I sent him a text and I said, hey, would you want to get together and talk about the relationship? It's been a while now. You know, there's no hard feelings. I just kind of want to ask a few questions. And he said, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so this was before you even thought about having the, the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So later that same, so my neighbor and I had the conversation about, I wonder what they would say. And then two days later, I send my ex a text. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, would you be interested in doing like having a conversation? And he said, yes. So then later that night I'm sitting down with my neighbor again. I said, you won't believe it. I'm actually going to do it. Like this (laughs) Saturday, I'm sitting down with Christopher and we're going to talk about it. And he said, oh, my God, you're crazy. <laughs> but I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, my God, you're right. This would be totally interesting for people to listen to. Like, <sighs> I would want to listen to it. Like, I listen to podcasts a lot. I uh-huh. love podcasts, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought this would be really great for people to listen to what if somebody interviewed all of their exes to figure out what was going wrong but like I can't do it that like I could produce this podcast but like I can't do it that's way too scary Uh I can't do it but then I thought well if I were to ask somebody else to do that but it was inspired by my own questions Uh shouldn't I be brave enough to do it myself so then I thought okay well all right I'll just ask Christopher, who I'm hanging out with on Saturday, if he would consider letting me record it for a podcast. He'll, he's probably going to say no. So then this, this idea will be done and gone. Like, it won't uh-huh. be me if I even do it at all. Uh-huh. And, and then he said yes. <gasps> so then, so he said I, yes? He said yes that you could record it? Yes, he said I could record it. Huh. So I borrowed <laughs> a recorder from one of my coworkers, and I recorded the conversation. Okay. And so did he know at that point that it was going to be on a podcast or he just knew that you were recording it? I told him it was potentially for a podcast. Uh Uh-huh. But I didn't know if it would actually be used or not. Like at that point, I didn't know if I was going to go through with this whole thing. Uh Either way, I knew I wanted to have that conversation. Right, right. So I would just have a recorder sitting there. And if it ended up getting used for something, it ended up getting used for something. Okay. 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 So then what was the next step? So after that? Um, so then I had that conversation with him and um, it went really well. Like I really enjoyed the conversation and he was able to open up way more than he had previously. Mm-hmm. So then I had that all on file And it felt like, okay, well, I'll ask another ex if they'll do it. I'll ask, like, my very first boyfriend if he'll do it. Mm -hmm. And he'll probably say no. So this idea will be dead in the water again. And then 
he said he would do it. <laughs> so this keeps happening. <laughs> Essentially, I'm having these big conversations and I'm recording them all. And then after about four of them, I was like, okay, I better find an editor to come on board and <laughs> wow. cut these conversations down to an episode size because they were, you know, long mm-hmm. conversations. We were talking for four or five hours each interview. So then I, you know, my editor ended up cutting them down to, you know, anywhere from 20 minutes to right. an hour. Right, yeah. right. So did you, um, so after you had your first one with Christopher, then did you go to the other ones and say, and say, well, I had an interview already with one ex-boyfriend and now I would like to have a one with you or, or how did you approach it with them? Um, so I contacted them all through different means like text message, Facebook, email, and said, Hey, <laughs> I'm doing this thing for myself where I'm trying to figure out where I'm going wrong in mm-hmm. love and I'm trying to interview my exes. Mm-hmm. You are one of them. <laughs> Would you consider doing this? Uh-huh. And their reactions were all over the board and it was kind of funny because it felt like what their reactions were, were kind mm-hmm. of good examples of who they all are and Uh you can hear that throughout the interview so my very first boyfriend Justin he said something along the lines of oh Bridgie like no 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 why are you doing this (laughs) just like are you really asking me to do this and then the next ex was Fernando and he said of course Peachy whatever you want just tell me the time and I'll be there okay that's perfect for him And then Sarah said, um, Haha, okay, if you think that I should be on it, I guess so. You're just interviewing your ex-lovers. Kind of weird, Bridge, but whatever. <laughs> and then Matt wanted more explanation of what exactly was happening. And mm-hmm. he told me that he would do it because he believed in the idea of it, which is very much him as well. And then John, the next ex, he initially said no. He was on the fence for a while. He he first said no, and then he kind of came back around. And, I mean, really, he said that he didn't decide he was really going to do it until he picked up the phone when, I, when mm-hmm. I called him for that scheduled interview. He still didn't really know if he was going to do it or not. And uh-huh. then, thank God he did. <sighs> and uh, Christopher said he would do it, my last ex, as long as he got to have a beer and a <laughs> shot of liquor first. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can imagine that probably helped a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of liquid courage. Yeah, yeah, pretty necessary sometimes. So, what are some of the things that you you learned through that that process um, before? Because you interviewed them all, and then and then you had your family members listen to the episodes, and then you interviewed them, right? So what did, what did you, is that how, is that how it happened or? So what I did was I first told my friends and family what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the first episode telling them what I was doing and why. And that's what you can hear on the first episode of mm-hmm. them expressing their doubts about <laughs> it a lot, you know, uh-huh. suggest, you know, my family of course and friends are protective of me. 
mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. thought that I was going to get hurt and rehash some old things mm-hmm. that would just hurt me all over again and that I should just forget about it and move on. That was my brother-in-law who said that a lot. And then my older sister and my younger sister, they were both very, you know, just didn't want me to get hurt again. Mm-hmm. And were, you know, a little defensive, just kind of being like, forget them. They're jerks. You don't need them anyways. You can hear that too mm-hmm. in the first episode. So, I mean, I took all what everybody had to say into consideration, but it just, it felt like if I were to say no because I was afraid mm-hmm. of what I was going to hear or being hurt, that that would be acting out of fear. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not being brave. You know, they say that you can't have an exceptional life without taking exceptional risks. So I thought I would take those risks and see what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so what are some of the things that you learned about yourself from interviewing your, your exes? Well, I learned quite a bit. I learned that I don't speak my mind as much as I should mm-hmm. in relationships. And that's for a number of reasons. I think, first of all, you know, being a middle child and being female, you're always trying to make everything okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, at least that's what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I, I avoided conflict. I wasn't comfortable with conflict. So I would be in these relationships and I would just go with the flow and I wouldn't put my foot down or speak my opinion loudly enough. And I also didn't really follow my own path or my own dreams. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized in the past couple of years how empathic I am, like that I have a lot of tendencies to kind of sponge up what people are feeling and who they are. Mm -hmm. And because I'm capable of doing that and don't know how to cut myself off from it, I just end up molding into who they are and where they're going. And then it's not two people having a relationship. It's almost one person having a relationship Mm -hmm. with a shadow. Mm -hmm. And that's not me, you know, that's not who they signed up for. So that was a really, really big lesson. I mean, in in the last couple of years, I realized for myself independently that I have struggled with depression and anxiety throughout my life. Um, but I didn't realize until doing this, interviewing all of my exes, what an impact that had on my relationships. Mm -hmm. So being somebody who is depressed and has a tendency towards anxiety, but also having a very strong, um, empathic nature, I then could just feel the high that they were feeling when we got together. Mm -hmm. They were excited. So I got excited. They seemed to like me. That felt great. But then I, as we partnered together, I would just lose myself in that relationship and that would trigger the depression and anxiety. But because I'm an empath, 
I could easily just hide behind them and hide mm-hmm. behind the relationship. But that would only add to my depression and anxiety because mm-hmm. I wasn't truly being myself anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't know why. I didn't know why I felt sad. But mm-hmm. now looking back on it after talking with all of my exes, I can see that in four out of six of those relationships, I did cling on to them. Mm-hmm. I did lose who I was and I was sad and I couldn't make a decision because I didn't even know who I was or what I wanted anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it, was it hard to hear those things from your exes or hear your exes say that? It was, it was hard. Yeah. It was, you know, it, I think a lot of the time I, I wanted to be open to them, and also, you know, clearly my nature is to be open to whatever other people say. Mm-hmm. So I think in some ways it might be easier for me than other people to, to hear the criticism mm-hmm. because I am so open and spongy and forgiving and understanding. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I'm still a, a person <laughs> that has feelings and mm-hmm. has an ego underneath of it. Not that I want to have it, mm-hmm. but I did feel like sticking up for myself a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the, you know, and, and it hurts too when I'm talking to people who I used to love, who don't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. And and for me, that was always hard because I thought, I'm really nice. I'm cool. I'm funny. <laughs> What's the problem? Like, why hasn't this worked out? And I was like, I wasn't a full person to be in a relationship with. You can't just be, like, easygoing mm-hmm. but actually really depressed. And that's not right. That's not growing. Mm-hmm. You need two people to be growing in a relationship for it to work out. And I, I don't think that... Um, you know, maybe some of these relationships would have worked out, maybe, mm-hmm. um, if I would have been able to separate myself and stay stronger, but I don't, I don't actually think that my first relationship, we were just too young. It just, for me, it just wasn't, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't going to happen. The next two relationships, I, I was able to remain separated. I didn't fall head over feet for them. But I did with the next three, and I went down that path. I think now looking back on it, if I were to have remained much more singularly mm-hmm. and individual and myself, mm-hmm. that I would have been able to see sooner that they weren't the right person for me, mm-hmm. and I yeah. would have broken up with them sooner, mm-hmm. or the relationship just would have ended sooner, and therefore I would have been more open to my own self-growth and been open to somebody who is more in line with who I am. Right, right. And do you think um, that your creativity and being creative helps with your depression? Like when you do a project like this with your podcast, that it, that it helps it or helps you become more of a, you know, full person, like, like you said, like, can you talk a little bit about that, your creativity and how that helps? Absolutely. Um, so I think throughout my life, I've always been artistic and it's something I've come back to and realized in my later twenties and early thirties, I didn't express myself. 
um, artistically through my darkest times. And I think that would have helped me a lot probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in more recent years, um, I remember like, you know, just like waking up in the middle of the night and needing to paint, you know, just these ideas were in my head and I needed to express myself. Um, but also throughout making the short films that I've made or acting, it lets me put so much feeling in and expressing so many feelings and then going back to being my safe self. So mm-hmm. when I'm, I, I have found, I've realized recently as I realize that I'm an empath, what a huge, um, benefit it is. And it, it just makes so much sense that I love acting because it's so natural for me to be able to feel what, what somebody else is feeling and step into their situation mm-hmm. and act the way that they would act and feel the way that they would feel. It's crazy because I mean, after I act, I sometimes feel like I blacked out during that. And it really feels like I, I really gave myself to it. So being, you know, and throughout making the podcast as well, it's really helped because I, I've gotten help now. I've spoken with a psychiatrist and a therapist and they helped me realize that I did need to be on antidepressants, but I continued therapy as well. And I mean, you can always go through waves of ups and downs. I don't think I'm all better forever, but as of right now, I'm dealing with it all really well. And I can look back on how I was and how sad and dark it was. And I can be able to talk about it now, which I feel like now that I'm talking about it, so many people have reached out to me to tell me that they can relate to what I'm saying, how I talk about my depression and anxiety. And they tell me I've heard from some people that, you know, that they haven't really told anybody about it or that they're ashamed that they're on antidepressants. And I am now a person that they know is like an ally, Mm -hmm. you know, and that feels, it's opened up so many conversations with so many people. Mm -hmm. And I think part of me wanting to, turn this into a podcast as well is that, you know, I feel like people can look at me through social media, maybe, I don't know if they think that I look, my life looks great, but you know, I'm not like a Instagram model or something, but you know, like I live, you know, I'm, I'm single and I'm living in Toronto and getting to do whatever I want to do and like living my life. So like online and like, I have like very Mm -hmm. strong family and our pictures are online a lot. And so sometimes, you know, I guess I just want to be honest and real about who I am and the struggles that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people are like, oh, I wish I could be single like you and just like living it up in Toronto. It's like, if not all it's cracked up to be, to be me, you know, Mm -hmm. like I have my, I have my struggles too. And why hasn't any of this worked out? Why can't I make any of this work out? I mean, everything looks okay on paper. Why am I struggling with depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and indecision? I am. It's just there, you know, and it it can hit anybody. Right. So anyways, it just, 
feels mm-hmm. great to be able to have that kind of conversation with so many people, some people I've never met, and some people I did know who didn't, I, I didn't know and they didn't know that we mm-hmm. have some of these things in common. So Right, right. Um, yeah, so what, um, so I know that you, you know, you did the podcast to learn about yourself and to, um, you know, to go through this experience, but then um, what were you, when you're, you're thinking of your audience, like what were you hoping, what message were you hoping to send them or what were you hoping that they would get from your podcast? I know you talked a little bit about it, but could you go into more detail about that? Like when you think about your audience? <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I think I was hoping, I mean, the way that I try to think about it and the reason I also decided to do it was because I, I felt like I was just using myself as an example of relationships, you know, like you can put yourself in my shoes here. Let's, um, no relationships are perfect at all. What happened here? What happened there? Everybody has their struggles. Know my struggles, know their struggles. None of these relationships are like owned by me. There's so many universal commonalities in the relationships that I've exemplified, whether it's people can relate to me and X or just the dynamic of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And to be able to hear other people trying to work it out and figure it out, I was hoping that they would also be thinking of themselves and their relationships and what they want and what it means to them. Mm-hmm. And like, Throughout this process, it's really helped me realize what I want in a relationship and what I've been doing in relationships. And I was hoping that mm-hmm. it would help other people analyze that for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and let some people know that they're not alone in in not figuring it out, mm-hmm. or let other people know that even though it, it, you know, no matter what, everybody has their struggles, no matter how great my life might look to somebody, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know it's the same thing for people who, a lot of people who are married too. Like, I feel like they hear from single people like, oh, you're married and you have three kids. Meanwhile, they're like, it's hard. We can't pay the bills. My husband drives me crazy. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's talk about it. We pretend everything is perfect all the time, whatever is happening in our lives. And mm-hmm. It's not perfect for anybody. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody has their own individual s- struggles. And maybe by me trying to figure mine out, it would uh, inspire other people to figure theirs out too. And mm-hmm. just start a big conversation about relationships and what's important mm-hmm. for relationships and what's important for yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that I've talked to who say that they listen to it with their office. Like everybody at their office is listening to it. So they listen to an episode and then they all talk about it the next day. And somebody's like, I think she was in the wrong. I think he was in the wrong. I think this wasn't a good time. So it like kind of starts that conversation amongst people, which I think is Uh so much fun. And I want that to happen so much more. Right, right. Um, So for people who who don't know what the term empath means or what it is, um, well, I know in your, one of your last episodes with the therapist, she mentioned um, that you were an empath, and she talked a little bit about that. Was that the first time that you had heard that you were an empath, or had you heard that before? It's kind of been something that I've been feeling in recent years, but I didn't always know the word for it. I remember while I was dating John, 
And he asked me to be his girlfriend. And originally, I was like, you don't want that. He's like, why would I not want that? I'm like, something happens, something changes in me. I don't know. I know it sounds weird, but something clicks and I'm not the girl you like right now. Like Mm -hmm. something switches over and I'm not myself anymore. It's like, um, I was trying to explain it to him. Like I'm a sponge, whatever you're feeling, I'm feeling. And then I'm not me anymore. And I didn't know the term empath at that point. And I have to look more into it, especially after my last episode with Melissa, where she said, you know, you have to, um, read the empath survival guide. I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to get my hands on this. I just haven't had time yet. Oh, that was just a week ago. Uh-huh. Um, so I think like I had heard the term first, I think on Maria Bamford's show, uh-huh. Maria Bamford, who's like one of my idols. Um, she has a friend on the show who's like, sorry, I couldn't come visit you in the psych ward. I'm an empath. So I would have felt what you were feeling. I would have gone down. It would have been an ugly scene. And so she's, <laughs> and so I knew I was laughing at her, but then I, I related to feeling that way. And then uh-huh. I also thought I'm such a flake. Like I would, I can relate to this, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, this is such a flaky term almost uh, mm-hmm. that I was posting like judgment on it mm-hmm. but just especially since doing this I've realized more and more that I am an empath and basically an empath is somebody who can feel other people's feelings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I, I mean I should get the Webster's definition of it but yeah yeah it, it's like you I end up getting confused in relationships what feelings are mine what feelings are theirs and I'm just, I'm really feeling their feelings so much that I don't even know what, what I'm feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it today, and I remember when I was younger and I was dating, I, I think it was maybe Matt, and somebody was like, just do you, do whatever, like, be true to yourself. What are you feeling? And I was like, who I, who I am and what I'm feeling is depressed is this what I'm supposed to be? Like, I am being me, and that is depressed. And and now I realize that, you know, now that I realize that I was depressed because I had lost myself in the relationship because Mm -hmm. of my empathic nature, it's just like, oh, no, you actually have to separate yourself complete like you know you I need like a guidebook which I will be reading soon and I know you've read a bit about so maybe you yes. can describe for what everybody for everybody what an empath is because I'm just at the beginning really of discovering that for myself yeah I mean I I have the empath survival guide as well and um and I only realized recently I guess within the last year or so realized that I was an empath and it's the same thing and not just in relationships but like in just in a room, like I walk into a room and I can immediately feel what everybody is feeling and it's overwhelming to me. So like I have no problem going up on a stage with a microphone and talking and then leaving. But when I'm in a room where there's a lot of people and all the eyeballs are on me and there's a lot of talking and someone comes in and you can, I can feel their anxiety, I can, like, I can feel everything and it, and it, is, it is overwhelming. Um, totally. And, yeah, yeah. And so I think, 
you know, just for myself, like I've, I've learned how to set boundaries and how to prepare for situations that I know are going to be stressful. So like, for example, I'm planning an interview, um, to interview someone in, in Knoxville in a couple weeks. And I already went ahead and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to drive home after that because I'm like coming in from D.C. So I went ahead and I got a hotel. I'm going to you know, do the interview. And I know that's going to like I really enjoy the interviews, but they wipe me out. And so I prepared to have that hotel so that I could go and sleep and like recharge. And um, yeah, and just really um, I need to I schedule time by myself and I don't feel bad when people say, you know, I want to, um, you, you should be social. You should, if you go for a walk, you should walk with somebody. You should ride a bike with someone. And I can just say, no, I just need the time to myself and I'm going to take it. And so I, I've, I've learned just, you know, to set boundaries and, and schedule time for myself and to recharge and then schedule, um, you know, just time so that I can, I can rest after I'm in a room or in a situation where there's a lot of people and I know that I'm going to be taking in all of their energy. So, um, and I, that's probably not, not a very good description of it, but, um, no, I totally feel you. I mean, I was working at a post-production house, um, up until two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and after working there, I mean, I was surrounded by people all day, all day. Mm-hmm. And I would just get home and I was just so beat. And I'm, you know, I was always like, sure, everybody's exhausted, but I full blown would just like take the energy of whatever was going on in the room. And mm-hmm. I wasn't getting any work done mm-hmm. like I, because I, there was always <laughs> something going on and I was getting up and yeah. being in it, you know, and yeah. like even going to parties, I like end up like getting up and in it. Right. And then like <laughs> afterwards, I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And like that, that was something that like I've come to realize in in recent years, which is why I've kind of been like, well, I, I need my alone time. Sundays need to be like pure chill days. But I didn't think that I didn't realize how much in the past, in just the past couple of years, realizing that I've been depressed and had anxiety and am empathic. Mm-hmm. I I realized that for myself, but I didn't realize what an effect it had on my relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy to not think that, but it's almost like because I've gotten healthier in recent years, mm-hmm. really just the last, you know, two years uh, for myself, I then was like, okay, let's clearly look at this relationship thing and see what's going on, which is why I wanted to do the interviews. Like, what have you done wrong? Let's look at it with a clear mind that now that I have it. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that thing that you just fixed, that's what was screwing it all up. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. didn't really be your, I wasn't really myself. I was just getting so drained by giving and giving. And I mean, I get exhausted when I'm in a room or at a party or whatever, but mm-hmm. If somebody else is like right next to me at all times, like they're sleeping beside me and they're waking up beside me and we're making plans together for everything, like yeah, yeah. it's too close. There's no break. It's just too much. I right. I just right. yeah. Yeah. And I you know, I can relate with you with the with the creativity because um I denied myself creativity for years for and and I 
Um, and I was mis and I was miserable. And once I finally decided like, I'm going to actually pursue this writing thing, I'm going to pursue, you know, the podcast and I have something that I can put all this energy into this, all this creative energy. Um, I found that that, that helped me a lot. It helped me be just a much better person. Um, and it, it was like a channel for, cause you know, I, I have, anxiety as well. And so when, but when I'm creative and when I'm doing this podcast and reaching out to people and talking, it's like, I'm channeling that energy like outward and away from me. And it, and it's, you know, I, I think that it's, it seems like it's the same for you too, where you have this, you know, creative energy and this, um, you know, these projects and that it's really healthy for you. It really helps you, you know, emotionally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And it's, it's amazing because, uh, I think like, yeah, when I was younger, when I was depressed and anxious, when I was so depressed and so anxious, I couldn't start anything because I didn't believe in myself. I had too much like self-doubt. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm a little bit healthier and I, I just say like, just do it, like, just do it, just do it. Like you mm -hmm. have the idea, just do it. Who cares what anybody thinks about it? As long as you, I'm happy with it, then that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, a you know, I, I've heard like criticism over my podcast. I've heard criticism over my short film or my acting and I yeah. don't care anymore because yeah. it makes me happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. And I'm the same way. And I wonder, you know, I wonder why people, people criticize and cause, cause I've had people criticize me as well, or just say, Oh, you know, just, whatever. And yeah. I wonder, you know, if it's more about them than it is about me, you know, if, the, if it's like, I'm, because I'm pursuing something that, you know, that, that's creative, that gives me energy that I enjoy that somehow they see that as a threat or, or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think that's a lot of insecurity. They're not a brave enough to do something that's outside the box. So, they're going to sit back and judge somebody else who goes out there and actually tries something. Mm -hmm. which, which team would you rather be on? Right. You know, <laughs> like somebody who sits back and judges people who actually try in the world or, right. or, or just being the person going out there and doing it. And yeah, I, I mean, people are going to have negative things to say no matter what. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I mean like that, that was like two of the guys that I dated were pretty negative. They were pretty too cool for school. And, and being somebody who like was in love with them and like so empathic, it, it like really discouraged me from doing the creative things that were inside of me to do. Mm -hmm. It right. made me fearful to try the things that I, I really wanted to do. And I think that really didn't help me in the past, but mm -hmm. I knew them well enough to know that they didn't try. They didn't put themselves out there at all. And that's not a fun party to be a part of. No offense to them. But like, yeah, just like crossing your arms and judging people is just so negative. Right. Not doing it. You can't give into that stuff. Yeah. So, um, so how do you think, um, things will change in, in your next relationship? Like what sort of, what will you do to, to protect you, you know, to make sure that you're happy. I think, I mean, throughout the podcast, 
I had a few suggestions from or people agreeing with my dad. My dad said that I should take every five or six months and step back and make sure, like, separate myself from the relationship and make sure that this is actually something that's making me happy, that I like them, that they meet my criteria and that I'm on board with them um, and just kind of regather myself. And I had this conversation with uh, my older sister and the therapist throughout it uh, later on in the podcast. And I really think it should be even more often than that, like maybe every few weeks and maybe even spending less time with my partner than other people seem to do. Um, because, because I, I can get a little too absorbed. So I'd like to create like a little bit more distance than other people have uh, and, and just make sure that I'm continuing to do the things that I care about, that I'm speaking up and really not just looking at them with an open heart, but also like keeping in mind my values while I'm with them. You know, there were a few red flags throughout these relationships that I, I said to myself, like, oh, well, you, you don't fight about the small things. You've got to compromise. I ignored red flags just to stay in the relationship because I wanted to be loved and I was scared to leave. Mm -hmm. I should have seen those red flags and said, this person is not a match for me. So in future, I think I'll, I'll be able to use my brain a little bit more and saying this isn't in line with who I am. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your time. I'll see you later. You know? <laughs> um, and, and even so I think like it will help me just like right off the bat, like knowing every step of the way that this is consciously somebody that I want to add to my life, not to become, I'm not going to mold into them anymore. They will be my equal partner. I will be a partner, mm -hmm. an equal partner, and they'll be doing their thing. I'll be doing my thing. Hopefully they'll respect what, they will respect what I'm doing and I'll <laughs> respect what they're doing. But I, I do look forward to, yeah, reading more about um, how to, how to be in a relationship as an empath. Mm -hmm. I mean, my therapist on the show, Melissa De Silva, you know, had that interesting piece of advice that was like, you know, they're building houses now with two master bedrooms. I think when you have a partner, it might be better for you that you just have your own world and your own space. And that's something like I never thought of it before. I think formally in relationships, I would kind of panic and freak out because I felt like I had to mold into like what I see other people doing in relationships. And I had to be like this kind of perfect girlfriend for them that, you know, had fun with their buds and like was respectable around their mom, but like danced at the shows and like went to the shows, even though I didn't even <laughs> want to go to the shows. Uh -huh. Like um, now I think I've got to, uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, You're talking about the, the master bedrooms. The oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, everything else I do in my life is <laughs> is pretty outside the box. Like, making this podcast and the short films that I've made and everything. Like, everything I do is pretty weird. So I think it would only make sense that my... <laughs> 
I'm laughing because I, I'm, I was just going to say I'm laughing because I, I watched one of your, one of your short films and it just, I loved it. I love, it was like you were in bed and then you get up and you walk to the store and you Thank get like, was it Amy's soup? Yeah. Yeah, you get like Amy's soup and you take forever like picking which one you want and then you walk back to your room and that was it. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> that is like a snippet of life. I mean. I'm so glad you liked it. I did. I love, yes. So anyway, but go for ahead. me, I was like, what is the truth about what we like, what we do on Saturday nights? Like, this is what I want to do on a Saturday night, uh-huh. like binge watch making a murderer. And then like my big like going out is going to buy some soup. And yeah, like a lot of people saw that movie and were just like, you <laughs> like one of my old bosses, he, he sat me down and he's like a producer with money. And he was like, hey, I, sh- I saw your short film. I want to talk to you about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like so excited. It took forever for us to sit down and talk about it. So finally he's like, come in here. Let's talk about it. And so I, I go in and I'm like, so what did you think? And he's like, I thought it was supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> and like, you just made me laugh so hard. It is a comedy. And he's like, you've got a boyfriend, right? And at the time I did, because I'm so like lonely in it. I'm like, I'm not lonely. Like, this is what I want to do on a Saturday night. I don't want to go to a party. I just want to like sit in my pajamas and be left alone. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad you liked it. Oh, that's awesome. Sorry. I cut you off. You were starting to say something else. I can't remember what. Oh, just like everything else I do is weird. Why wouldn't my relationship be Mm -hmm. a little bit outside the box as well? Yeah. And I think... I think part of me kind of knew that in the past, but I was too scared to enforce it. So now I'll be stronger in that of just like, if you want to be with me, we don't get to hang out as often as you might like, or hopefully they want to hang out not as often as I, you know, Mm -hmm. like just as little as I do too. And it's hard because, you know, when you love somebody, you want to spend a lot of time with them, but it's just like taking medicine for my own well being. I know Mm -hmm. that I can't spend every minute uh, with somebody I love. Right. 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 Okay. So, so what's next for you? You're, you're just finished season one. And is yes. there going to be a season two? Um, yes. So I am in the process right now. I think I have somebody for season two who will be interviewing their exes as well. Uh, we're just kind of waiting to hear back from their exes right now. So I, I, I need a lot of people to talk to their exes. I'm looking for like one-off episodes where one person just talks to one ex for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be the same reason that I have of like, I'm single and I'm confused of where I've gone wrong. It can be that, but it could also just be like, I really miss them. I want to talk to them or I want to say sorry to them or I don't know what happened in the situation, whatever it is you can have a reason to talk to an ex and I want people to call me and email me and be on my show because I feel like the more relationships that are on there, the more examples of relationships, the more that we all get to think about it and talk about it. And I want it to keep going. That's what I hope for, for the show. Well, good, good. So, um, who are, who are your mentors? The people that, that you can reach out to, that you want to just give a shout out to? 
Um, well, definitely my family. I'm like the luckiest when it comes to family, as you've heard. Um, as I said throughout the show, like I wasn't, I haven't been lucky in romantic love yet, but I definitely am lucky when it comes to my friends and family. Um, but, um, Jack McDonald was my acting coach and he really helped me understand that he kind of put things like this, like we would get confused in the class of like, you know, so many people have already done Shakespeare. What's the point in me doing it? I'm not going to do any better than like anybody, like all of these trained actors who have done it in the past. But he would say like, nobody can tell a story exactly the way you can tell a story. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has ever played that role, played Macbeth the way you will play Macbeth. Uh-huh. So you d- and and that really helped me when it when it comes to like making the short film that I made, um, the future ones that I'll make, and, and including this podcast. You know, I just thought nobody's going to do it the way that I'm going to do it. Do I think I'm like extra special? No, but um, we're all different, and maybe people will connect to the way that I do what I do. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that he really helped me. And he's actually the person who introduced me as well to Joseph Campbell, which is why when I saw your podcast, I was like, oh, these these could be aligned as well, like kind of following following your calling, you know, Mm -hmm. and just being brave and like whatever going down that hero's journey. Like I feel like, you know, even when it came to this podcast, I did get the call and Mm -hmm. I almost ignored it and decided to keep going. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm happy, happy about that. But also, I mean, Maria Bamford is a comedian who I love. Uh, She, she jokes a lot about like her mental illness Mm -hmm. and she cracks me up like (laughs) so much. Like there's not, there's not, some people think she's really weird, but that just makes sense that I really like her as well. She does, like, lots of different voices, and it, it's just, like, nice to see somebody being just so themselves and so honest and so successful as mm-hmm. well. Um, Oprah. I mean, <sighs> come on. <laughs> uh-huh. Oprah, you're my mentor wherever you are. I mean, she's just so amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's all I'll say. Well, good, good. All right. Well, is there anything, anything else you want to mention? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? I just want to say thank you, and I'm really enjoying your podcast as well. And it's been so nice to talk to you. Well, thank you, thank you. I feel like I have a soul sister in Toronto. <laughs> you do. I'm right here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. It's been fun talking to you, too. Okay. Okay. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. That concludes Episode 7 with Bridget Frank. I want to thank her for coming on the podcast and sharing her journey with us. If you would like to connect with Bridget, you can find links to her social media from the carlina.fireside.fm website. If you would like to support the Carlina Show podcast, please rate and review on iTunes or visit our Patreon page from the support tab and become a patron. If you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Your support helps people find the show and ensures that we continue sharing heroes' journeys with you.